Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Fembrain. Brain. But before we get into it, over on Insane in the Membrane this week, I'm talking to Russell Hicks, and here's a little taster of it. Stand-up is all about confidence, and it's so much a mental game, almost to an annoying degree, that the guy who believes in himself the most and has the best attitude, he'll do the best on stage. I've seen it a million times. Like, if you go up there with just this, like, this actual genuine love in your heart you know maybe you're just having a great day you're invincible yeah true you're just invincible up there and and i remember i i was having trouble with that because just for whatever reason you know like i'm a perfectionist too so you get off stage and no matter what you just uh oh i did that wrong oh why did i hold the mic i've like seen that? you do that we've gigged together and you've have smashed you? it and then you come off and you're like yeah but you know that should have like see that's the thing we think we're not just performing at a comedy club we are on a mission to be these great comedians mm. and we're on this journey these these people are just this is just what they're doing <laughs> you're just part of their evening. before they go to all bar one <laughs> so that's russell hicks over on insane in the membrane right now here we are insane in the fembrane hope you're well hope you're doing okay again i'm gonna say this i really enjoy doing these i do enjoy doing these um it's just not it's just nice to have uh, conversations with women or and i don't feel i don't feel like an idiot I'm, I'm able i'm in a space where i'm able to ask questions you know that i wouldn't necessarily feel i could ask outside in the real world it's really nice to have the, all the guests that have been on a massive thank you to every single guest that's agreed to come on and has been on and smashed it um, it's been amazing. Really appreciate everything that everything you did and coming on and helping me learn a thing or two. Because uh, you don't realise you don't realise how you, you like to think that you're quite open-minded and you're you know you're a well-rounded dude. And then you and then you speak to people and you go, I've got so much to learn still. Um, but you know we never stop learning, do we? We're always we're always learning. There's no destination. It's just the journey. Uh, until you until you're not journeying anymore but we don't want to talk about that do we not especially at the moment with all this shit going on um yeah yeah mad old times i hope you lot are all out are all right out there um second lockdown is about to begin or has begun uh, it's weird looking out the window and things are shut i don't know uh, it's it has to happen i know what we're doing i know what we're doing is beneficial and we could get into all the arguments about it should have been done earlier and blah 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 but it wasn't and now we're here 
So all we can do is just make the best of it. And hopefully you lot are all right listening to this. If anyone isn't, um, please feel free to drop me a line. Drop me a message on Insane in the Fembrain or Insane in the Membrane on the old Instagrams there. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll... I'll I might not reply straight away because I, I, I forget to look. I get, I'm get i so shit at admin. It's not because I'm ignoring anybody. I just forget and I'll just get lost in my own bullshit. I realise, you know, I'm like, oh, I've got so much to do. And I realise I've been staring at the ceiling for five hours. Um, get lost in my own head. But I will get back to you. So if anyone's struggling, uh, uh, especially at the moment, drop me a line and we'll have a chat. Honestly, all right? Because, you know, there's nothing worse than you and anyone sitting there and thinking that they've got no one to talk to and, you need just, you know, we could just talk bollocks for a bit, you know, just drop me a line and I'll be happy to speak to you and have a chat, you know, we're, we're in this together after all. My guest this week is the fantastic actor and author Helen Rutter. Helen Rutter is the wife of Rob Rouse, comedian Rob Rouse, who was on the uh, on the show uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and but not only that, she's not that, it's not just all she is, she's a fantastic woman. She's a, I met her. Uh, I think it was last year. I mean, we talked about that in the podcast. It was last year uh, when they, she was doing a show with uh, with Rob. Um, fantastic show. We talk about it in this episode. It's a, it was a great show that Jade and I went to. Um, and she's just a wonderful person. She's just really easy to talk to. Amazing energy. And uh, and it was just great fun to talk to her. She's lovely. And uh, we talk about her new book that's coming out. You'll hear all about that. Um, and again, once it's it, once you hear the episode. If anyone has got any questions or anything like that, um, then again, drop me a line and we'll see. We'll help. We can help you out. Uh, there'll be. There, we're going to put some links in as well because the, the book um, is a it deal. It's it, the, the main. The main character in it has a stammer, and so that's what we would. That's what we were talking about a bit at the time. So and I know some people might not know. You know, they might have some problems. They might be dealing with some stuff, and so we, we'll, we'll put some links up to, for anyone that needs any help. Um, and uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoy this episode. It's it's a really nice one. They're all really nice, but this one's a, I like this one. She was she's so lovely. So coming up in just a minute, Helen Rutter. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
a podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Here we are. How does that, how's that looking? For me? Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah. you're looking marvellous. You look beautiful. <laughs> there you are. Oh, man, it's good to see you. It's good to yeah, see you. Yeah, you too. It's really nice to see you. Yeah, we don't really do it like this with videos. I think we should start. I think it's It's, it's a funny forward. one, isn't it? I think it's, it is nice to see people's faces, but there's a... I, I, you get Zoom out, you just get over it, don't you? And then actually just an, an old phone call can be quite nice every now and again where you don't have to look at anybody. Yeah, I quite, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't really like talking on the phone, so I'm happy to either do this for a bit or text, just text me. Um, yeah. There's always, there's been people lately who go, just give me a call, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, just text me and I'll say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not much of a... I've got better at talking on the phone in the last eight months, but, yeah, no, I've, I'm a bit the same. Just avoid it. Just like, oh, I'll just let them leave a message and see what they want, and then I'll decide. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, come on. I just Yeah, I'm get, I am getting better at it, but I don't know. But, I yeah, um, and it was funny with the first Zoom ones, I was a bit... Even though we perform, you know, you're you're an actor and Rob's, Rob's a comedian and, I, and an actor, and we've done stuff, but... I don't know, for some reason, sitting in front of the cam- camera like this, I was like, hello. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, it was it weird. It is weird. It leaves you afterwards, I found. I've had to do a few Zoomy, th- like kind of worky Zoomy things. And afterwards, I'm fine as it's going on. And then afterwards, is a re- you're left with quite a strange feeling after a Zoom call, I think, where you kind of go over it in your head more than you would... Yeah. In any other f- form, like whether it be on the phone or in real life. And you're just left with this weird feeling of, was that okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, did, did I talk too much or not enough? Or like, who am I? Yeah, there's no kind of feedback. There's no like, you know, well done, that was great. You kind of just shut your laptop and you're in your... Yeah. You go, okay, all right, well. And half the time I've been doing it, I've got, yeah, it, I've got a shirt on, but I've got shorts on underneath. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Odd, Feet up with slippers on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. As soon as you shut it and then you're left with the silence in your room, you're like, oh, that wasn't mm. even real. It yeah. feels really odd. <laughs> that's odd what it feels thing. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you and Rob, you're doing all right? Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing all right. I mean, it's a, it's a... An odd day on an odd week of an odd year and all of that, and yeah. but we're you know we're still we're <laughs> getting up and walking the dogs and uh, every day and and keeping going and doing some creative stuff, which is just kind of what keeps you going, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, well, you do a lot together, don't you? Like you do a podcast, or you're doing a podcast, um, and then you did your show in Edinburgh uh, together last year. Well, not, yeah, it was last year, year before. Was yeah, it last year? it was last. Yeah, it was Seems last like year. That's what it. Now, yeah, it feels like a different lifetime, doesn't it? But yeah, that's when I met you guys. That was brilliant, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, such a good I mean, show. Oh my god, me! That was one of the best ways to meet people, wasn't it? Because I'd never met you before. Yeah. And then, and the first time was when Jade started heckling. Uh, I was heckling Rob, and Jade and you didn't. You knew, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. part of the show, but Jade didn't know that I was actually part of the show, and so she starts heckling me for he- heckling Rob. <laughs> And I'm telling her to shut up and she's telling me to shut up. And then afterwards she realised it was me. It was very funny. <laughs> it was admirable that she decided she was going to defend Rob against was... this mad woman in the audience. <laughs> it was very impressive. She was a good friend. She proved herself. <laughs> it was really funny. But it's good that you can work together. Like Jade and I work really well together on stuff. Um, we might not get on all the time, but we work well when we're doing stuff. Um, and that's good to see with you and Rob. 
Yeah, it's really I've it's really important for us. I think when we don't do something for a long time together, it you we feel it drifting. It keeps it really really keeps us yeah. glued together. Actually, that kind of creative side. It's it's lovely, and actually, we've got on throughout our creative stuff when we've written shows because that was our second Edinburgh show together. Um, I, it, when we first started doing those things. It was a bit nerve-wracking. It felt like a big risk because you're just thinking, God, this is, you know, this is my husband and father of my kids. If And I know how passionate creative stuff can really press your buttons and make yeah. you quite, um, you know, it can be quite emotive, can't it? So I did think, God, this is a risk. This could be really awful <laughs> if, yeah. we, if we have a difference of opinion. But actually... It was, we got on so well throughout those shows. It was brilliant. Yeah. You do, you do, when we were hanging around with you afterwards, just you and the kids and we're eating and stuff like that. It's just nice. It was lovely. There's a real, you've got a nice unit, which I think is yeah. it's really important, especially yeah, at the moment. Yeah, the kids are, I mean, it, yeah, it is, it's keeping me um, together at the moment, having those, having the kids and Rob. But yeah, the the kids, God, they missed Edinburgh this year and they've already started talking about the fact Edinburgh might not happen next oh, year. Gosh, they yeah. absolutely love it so much. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed that there's something sure to go to next right. year. I'm sure it'll be all right. But you've been busy anyway. I mean, you've got, you've got your, no, we, we, Rob's already been on. We talk about Rob. We've already done that. He was on last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you got you know you're a, you're an actor and, a, and an author in your own right. You know you have got your own shit going on, and I've got yeah. I've read your book. Oh, have you read it? Yeah, and it's brilliant. Oh. It's lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really nice. It's it's um, yeah. I because I I it, it, with things with me with reading, um, a book needs to grab me straight away. Otherwise, I'd get bored. I just wander off. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to flick through. Then I've got a, I've got a vague idea of what we're going to talk about. But I just read it, and it's really nice. It's a really nice little story. Oh, bless you. I tell you what, for people who aren't readers, reading kids' books is brilliant. Yeah. Because the, there's something so, I think there's something so pure and simple and, like, there's depth to what authors are trying to say when they're talking to kids because it's important isn't it when yeah. you're talking to a kid you want to talk about something that's important and they're you know they're going through massive changes so you are talking about big issues but in such a simple way and I think that whenever I get stuck with reading I go back to reading kids books yeah. me and Lenny have a little book group and I'm like oh Len I can't be bothered with anything too you know too <laughs> difficult can you give me something that's going to make me cry make yeah. me laugh and then I'm, I'm sorted uh, I think that's the thing we assume that just because they're kids they don't have a, they don't have a handle on what's really happening you know kids are more astute than we give them credit you know oh and, yeah they're so I mean yeah they're so sensitive and they it's interesting, actually. At the moment, I'm realising that, you know, I'm packing them off to school every day um, while the madness is going on. And the other day, I'm sending my son in, and he's have, he had a bit of a wobble, and it's kind of like, of course he's going to have a wobble. He's meant to be wearing a mask every time he goes into a shop. We're not allowed out of the house or to see a mate, but yeah. I'm sending him off on a coach where none of the kids are wearing masks, and he's off in a school where they're all coughing on each other. Of course he's going to be wobbly about that. Yeah. We're giving him completely mixed messages, and it, and they're sensitive, and they understand that, you know, they're really sensitive to danger and to anxiety and all of those things. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's important to to recognise that actually and not to just think that they'll be all right and 
just keep plowing on and and think that you know um it's so important that they get an education obviously but it's yeah. also really important to understand that that educating them at the moment might be quite scary yeah 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 well, it's a, I, I've, there was a i was walking back to my car a few weeks ago and there was a woman uh, uh, there was a kid and she'd fallen off the slide and she she was coming back and crying to her mum and she was rubbing her leg and and she was like oh am i gonna die am i gonna die and you're like oh god you know these kids you know when i was a kid it was like oh what do you know you're just a kid but kids do know what's going on and they do worry and they do you know if you don't explain to them if you don't you, if you don't talk to them then they they're going to make their own minds up you know and that's yeah. going to just send them into a spiral yeah you know yeah and make their own minds up about and and come up maybe with a conclusion that's that's wildly yeah. you know like you say like all of a sudden if somebody has a cold does that mean they're going to die and and because it, this is mad really quite um powerful stuff isn't it that yeah. we're that we're going through. So they're going to make all sorts of assumptions that aren't necessarily yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you look at people that were around in the Second World War, like they were all, like my nan, like they were kids back then, but, you know, they they were, they. when you look back and you, and you, and you see the pictures of them, they all look like grown-ups, even though they were kids, because they were going through such a heavy thing. And it's like this now, this is such a heavy thing. Like we're, we're, we're adults, so we can kind of, we find a way to deal with stuff, don't we? We kind of go, we can sort of see it, you know, what it is, but a kid can't, you know, they, all they see is the news and the panic and the fear and the, and that's going to send them over the edge. And so that's why it's good that you're having these conversations, you know, with your, you're recognising that with your kids. I think that's important. Yeah, I think it's really important because I think that actually... So before, so before we had a little wobble where we could acknowledge what it was and see it for what it was. Obviously, there was loads of stuff before that that built up to that point that he would never have been able to understand. It was coming out in a different way. He was just being mm. mean to his sister, or you know, it comes out in all sorts of different ways, doesn't yeah. it? And so actually, it can go on for ages before anybody acknowledges it. And the main thing is is to get to get your kids to kind of be able to see their emotions for what they are. And actually go, okay, that's what that is. And and that's why I was probably um, being a bit stroppy or that's why I was, yeah. whatever it is, but that's why I've been biting my nails or not sleeping or having whatever. Um, and so it's just connecting those dots, isn't it? And it's yeah. hard enough as an adult to connect it and go, oh, because I'm anxious. <laughs> that's why I'm yeah. being a cow. Or that's why I'm, <laughs> you know, it's just anxiety or it's just stress yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's being able to the. It's it's like the other day. Jade was Jade had something going on. She had a she had a thing going that she had to do the next morning, and I was talking to her, and she started being she was being a bit shitty, and I was just like, right, you're projecting because you're anxious about tomorrow, and she wouldn't have it. Then she's going, you fucking prick! How dare you! You fucking patronise me! I go, this is what this is. <laughs> I've, we've been here before, and then the next day after the thing had happened, she's like. Yeah, you were right. I'm really sorry, <laughs> and I I don't even get into it now. I'm like, because I it it's nice to be able to turn around and go. I, I've literally just done it. I've just messaged someone. I go, I'm really sorry if I was a bit of a dick yesterday. And they've gone, no, no, you were fine. You were fine. I'm like, I was just a bit all over the place. My head wasn't, you know. It's nice, isn't it? I think more people should be able to turn around and go. Yeah, I was a bit of a prick. <laughs> yeah, and this and it, is why. You think- you know? At our age, you kind of think that you'd be on top of it, but it still sneaks up, doesn't it? You still end up acting it out in all 
in a different way and not accepting it and going, no, that's not, it's not because I'm stressed or it's not because I'm hormonal or it's not because I'm this. It's, it's you know, because you want to, you want to feel like your feelings are authentic and not yeah. based on something else, but they still are authentic, even though they are based on something else. It's like, it can still be real. You yeah. can still be annoyed at somebody and you can they can still be annoying, even though you are also stressed yeah. and that's why it's coming out in the way it is but yeah you, I mean it's surprising isn't it that even at at the age of 40 you're still like oh that's why I was behaving like that isn't that and yeah. even though it's happened a thousand times yeah 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 I've only just started doing it I've only, I've only literally just started turning around and going I was uh oh my blood sugar levels weren't great yesterday when I saw you and uh yeah it's I've only I've, I'm 48 I've only just started doing it <laughs> <laughs> Or understanding, I was talking to Russell Hicks um, and we were talking about empathy and understand that sometimes people are going through some shit that you don't know about and so that makes them sort of come out, it comes out in a funny way, you know. It's like um, John Lydon, you know, Johnny Rotten, he was, talk mm. he was talking yesterday about, he wasn't necessarily saying that Donald Trump was good, he was just kind of recognising why people vote for him. And everybody was kind of piling onto him and then you're like, hang on, his his wife of 40 years um, has dementia and he has to look after her every day. That's the love of his life. And this woman doesn't even know who he is anymore. And so it, 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 he, it, that might be affecting his his mindset, what he's saying, you know. But people don't people aren't recognising that. They're just going, no, he's a prick. He's fucking this and he's that. And we need more empathy, don't we, I feel, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think... It, that's the that's the real um, scary part of the way that we're living at the moment, isn't it? Is that lack of empathy and yeah. that that need to place people in one category or another and not, you know, and and yeah, likewise, like this, everybody can blame. I watched a really interesting thing this morning about kind of the need to blame Donald Trump for everything mm. and and this thing that we've got of just going well he's the evil one as yeah. soon as we've got rid of him like that's the focus and it's like actually there's a whole lot of people out there who feel the same way and, yeah. and so we do need to start empathizing and understanding why we've got to this point yeah and how where the common ground is exactly yeah what's created this what has yeah what has led people to that place you know but you're not allowed to have these conversations you either you either Stand there with everybody else and going, they're all stupid. They're all none of them know what they're doing, or you just get lumped in with them. You know, you there's no none of everybody wants to shout and scream and 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 fuck each other off, and we don't get anywhere like that. You know, I'm not I'm not sticking up for Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump's awful, and yes, there are some people that support him that are also awful, but they're a they're a product of something. And so, where did that come from? And so. And talking to each other, being more understanding, like you've said, is the way forward rather than just cutting everybody off and going, no, you're an evil sack of shit. I'm not going to talk to you. But this is, it just, you know, I don't know. It's, I get I get caught up in all this. I just stand there sometimes and I'm just so, I'm just so, I just look at everyone shouting. And I'm like, stop shouting at each other. The world's fucked. Don't worry. This is just a little bit. The actual world that we live on is fucked. So why aren't we all coming together and going, right, we need to work together now to make sure this isn't, fucked you know but we're not we're all just fighting over little bits and having a go and i don't know this is this goes i, I don't know i don't know i have no answers for that no answers at all let's get back to your book now 
Because that's, I mean, we could be all day fucking talking about all that. Um, where did the, this is going to be an obvious question, but where did the idea come from? So, um, so the book is about, um, it's about a little boy called Billy Plimpton mm. who, um, who wants to be a stand-up comedian and he doesn't think he's going to be able to do that because he's got a stammer. So he, he's basically, the story of the book is how he thinks he needs to change himself and get rid of his stammer and then he can go on and yeah. be the person he wants to be. Um, and obviously all, all of that doesn't quite go to plan for him and, and he realises that maybe he doesn't need to change himself quite as much as he thought. Um, and the idea came from, so my son has got a stammer. Okay. And, and um and he's had it for a long time, long, long time, ever since he could speak, really. And at first we didn't realise it was just cute. And, you know, it was just like the way that the way that he was when he was little, like, oh, he's just got so much to say. And, <laughs> and you know, and um, and then it kind of started coming out more and more. And he, he started finding it really challenging. And, mm. and at school, I suppose, the, the minute you hit a certain age when you've got something that sets you apart from the other kids... That's, you know, that's a yeah. big deal, isn't it? And so it, it, it built and built. And the more that it became a big deal, the the more difficulty he found getting his words out. And so it's like that cycle of, um, and it, it comes and goes. So it got to a point where, where we've been to a couple of speech therapists and um, and it's, it comes and goes now. Um, yeah. He's he started finding he started finding his confidence a little bit, and he started finding ways of. At first, he was kind of joking, and that's where it started. That's where loads of the ideas in the book have come directly from our experience. But yeah, he started yeah. joking about it, um, in a way to make other people feel comfortable, right, I guess, yeah. and to and to kind of put people at ease. Um, and then he st he was experimenting with how to tell people and so and how to tell them what the best way of dealing with it is when when he's talking to them, um, and yeah and so basically after last Edinburgh when we got back from um, doing that show the kids went back to school Rob went off on tour stand up and I was in the house on my own with the dogs like oh no mm. I've not planned anything what am I going to do <laughs> no like I forgot that yeah. I actually had a life after <laughs> after Edinburgh um, and then this idea popped up. Uh, Leonard been playing ping pong with this boy, with this uh, kid in the village who's deaf. And I started sitting there thinking about how this deaf kid who lip reads mm. would be able to lip read Lenny, who stammers. Oh, yeah. And I started thinking about how that friendship could actually exist. Um, and then I was like, oh, there's a story, there's a story yeah. in there somewhere. And then I realised it wasn't a play. I've only ever written plays and, and stuff for me to perform really um, in the past. And I was like, that's not a play. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Mm. I was like, oh my God, it's a kid's book. I've got to write a kid's <laughs> book. Um, and so, yeah, because I had the time and the space yeah. and, you know, it was it was perfect really. And I just absolutely fell in love with writing for that age group. I just love it so much. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And it, it's funny with the... with. Um... Uh, his outlook on the on his stammer was to make to make other people more comfortable, and th there was a, I read the bit when it said there are different people. Um, there's the there's the the people that wait and let them and let you finish, and there's the other people that try and fill in the gaps. They try they try and guess what you're gonna say, um, and it was really interesting. So I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I, there's there's a couple of people I know that have got a stammer, and initially when you first meet someone like that, you do you kind of you want to, you're not doing it because you're a prick. You're like you're trying to help them along. And you go, oh, this is, is this what you mean? Is that what you mean? 
But now I can't. Yeah, I wait. I'm like, yeah, just. Is, you know they'll they'll get there. You know, it's, and he just sort of stand there. And Scroobius Pip, um, he's got a stammer, and I didn't realise that because he does. You know, he does all this spoken word and rapping and and all that. He's had you know he's had massive uh, records out. And then when he when I met him and he's like and he talked about it on the when he came on he was like yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, he's talking about his stammer. You're like wow, how did it not come out when you were singing? You know, it's fascinating. And it and with Lenny, does he know? I suppose you don't know, like you see, don't know where it comes from. It just sort of happened. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know much about it. Actually, it's yeah. a really fascinating thing. I mean, um, his granddad had a stammer, so they do think it sometimes runs in families. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they really really don't know. Um, it's it's quite an interesting thing, and it can vanish for quite a long time. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's just it comes out in that way instead of you know some people might if they if their tank gets full they might end up not being able to sleep or they might end up some it coming out in another physical way yeah but in the with with len it's just it comes out in that way it comes out in a stammer um but yeah it's been it's interesting actually scrooby's pip's really brilliant he's he's so great he talks a lot about yeah um about his stammer he really gets it out there it's brilliant and yeah that I think the journey that I've found quite interesting is Len, and with the book as well, um, because Len started joking and start had that feeling of, because he could sense that other people were uncomfortable mm. and he didn't want that, at first it was about making other people comfortable. And the same, I guess the same in the book is that Billy's trying to put people at ease with by making them laugh. And I suppose that's the thing with a load of comics, isn't it? Yeah. When you when you, you want to make people feel comfortable, you want to make people like you and you want, you know it's exactly and it's, it, it's yeah. all about Yeah. And so what was interesting is is when um is have it finding that balance, but also then pushing through that to the point where Billy with his stammer could not only make them feel comfortable and not only laugh about how he's talking, but also make them laugh yeah. just because he is who he is and actually get beyond, because that's also what a lot of comics do, isn't it, is take the piss out of themselves yes. and, and and allow that to be the dynamic in the room and everybody's kind of like, you're putting yourself on a low uh, status yeah, and then you just sit there. But it's also about, yeah, you can put yourself on that low status, but you also want to raise yourself, be able to raise yourself up as well and yeah. not just be in that bracket. So it was that, for me, it was having a character that that maybe started off like that, but then realised actually I can I can tell jokes and not even mention my stammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice bit, that bit at the end. I won't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. There's no spoilers. Yeah, I just enjoyed <laughs> the end. It's a, It was a nice feeling. It was a nice feel-good moment. That, that, that whole end, that whole stuff with the show and the and the band, and it was really nice. And I have not felt that reading a book for a while. That really nice, it's a nice feeling. And did you, were you aware of that as you were writing it? Did you feel all... Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I was like a mess. Honestly, throughout writing, I'd be just sitting like, <laughs> crying and then laughing as I'm typing. <laughs> I went through all of the emotions as I was doing it. I had to, yeah, pull myself together quite a few times. I think, I guess, because it was personal as well. Yeah. Because loads of it, you know, was based on... Lenny having to get up on stage and be in the school play and all of the emotions. I mean, it's already a bit when you're a parent and you see your kid doing something in front of an audience. It already 
yeah. takes you to that place, doesn't it? But when your kid's got a stammer, oh my God, yeah, it's, right. it's off the scale. So as I'm writing all of those scenes that, yeah, are all heightened and dramatised and you can imagine the music in the background and all of that, it's quite yeah. filmic, isn't it? And yeah, so I was I was a wreck. <laughs> well, as you and, and Lenny's helped you with the book, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was, uh, he, um, I read out, Every chapter when I'd finished it, I read it out to him mm. um, and got his feedback and just just checked in really that loads of the factual stuff. So th- that bit that you were talking about, about categorise, when um, the character categorises yeah. everybody he meets into certain, how people react to him. Um, Lenny loved that. He absolutely yeah. loved that. He was like, yeah, that's so <laughs> true. That's so true. So yeah, I just wanted him to kind of just you know, rubber stamp it and say, yeah, that is how I feel. And yeah, that's that accurate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and yeah, there were some bits that he was just like, mm, nah, mum, <laughs> you can't say that. And certainly some words, he was like, nobody says that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to watch that. You got... <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's what, it, it's almost like that beginning bit when uh, when he's categorising the people and it, it's that's almost like a help manual for other people that will read it and go, Oh yeah, because you don't. No one tells you, no one tells you how to be. You kind of, you're not a prick, and you don't want to be. You don't. You want to help, and you yeah, and you don't know what to do, and so that's that'll really help people. Um, yeah, and so yeah. many times, you know, Pete. I don't. I think people don't even know what a stammer sounds like. So they've never. Mm. People might not have ever met somebody. So actually, it takes you quite a long time into a conversation to understand what it is that you're hearing. Yeah. And so you can you can react accidentally in a way that's really not helpful or not nice before you even have clocked that yeah. it's a stammer. So actually I think, yeah, it's just just getting a bit of awareness out there. And so people, if you'd read this book and you met somebody with a stammer, straight away you'd go, Oh, that's yeah, yeah. that's like that kid. And the, oh, and this is what it, they would want me to do. They'd want me to wait and not interrupt or not try and help or not do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and certainly not to mimic them. I mean, the amount of people that I've heard, adults who I've heard mimic Lenny back to him. What? It's unbelievable. And they're not they're not being mean. They're no. not doing it on purpose. They're just, I don't, they're just, I don't know what they're doing, but they don't know it's a stammer. They just think it's a ki- somebody who's getting... Stuck and they yeah, to try yeah, and yeah. pop the tension, just mimic him back to himself. It's it's so common. Really, but that yeah yeah that's what a weird thing. I suppose yeah that, that, again it goes back to that thing they're uncomfortable. They don't know what to do. Yeah, and I the other thing is as well. I think a lot of people when they're having conversations with people, they're not really listening to the other person. They they're just waiting to say their bit, and so a lot of that. The patience isn't there, is it? Because like, they're really like, oh, get on with it. I want to say something, you know. And that's, and that not even people with a stammer. That's just people in general. People need to be a bit more. There needs to be a bit more back and forth in conversations. Listen to what the person's actually saying, and then you yeah. can. And then rather than waiting, I see it with. I've seen it with um, podcasts. I've seen it with interviewers where they're just they're not really listening to the answers. They're just waiting to say the next question, and you just. You know, what's the point in this? No, you're not listening, you know. And that's with, I, I say this a lot on ears, like, you know, be, you know, you yes, you know, tell people how you're feeling. Say, look, I need to have a chat. I'm not feeling great. But, um, or if you say to someone, are you okay? Be prepared to listen to the answer. 
you know, when they, because they're going to, they might turn around and actually tell you how they're feeling. <laughs> Rather than, are you okay? Oh, good. No, I'm not feeling great, to be honest. And then you get on with your fucking story. You know, people need to listen a bit more, don't they? Yeah. I feel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, it's it's so true. And anything that makes, I think, yeah, living with somebody with a stammer can definitely make you slow down and, yeah. and take that time and realise, yeah, how in a rush we are to get to our, just to get to our bit. It's like, what's, yeah. what is wrong with us that, um, that it's all about grabbing the bits of time that it's like ownership, isn't it? Of, yeah. of an idea. And, and you're just desperately trying to own the idea or own the bit of conversation that you feel like you've got a handle on or, and it's, it's, um, yeah, it's quite depressing really. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Just waiting to get your, just to say your bit, and you just, you know, yeah, we need to be, yeah, I know. It's a, it's, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think people need to slow the fuck down. Just slow the fuck down a little bit, you know? Um, did it feel good, because you're an actor, um, did it feel good to get back into that sort of like creative, doing something creative, you know? Because I know when you become a mum, you know, you, 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 yeah, you got robbed there as well. But your, but your, you know, mum seemed to be more. It, it, your life is the kids. You know, uh, dad's around, of course he is, but it's all about the kids. And so you kind of, you're, wherever you're, you're acting, things like kind of takes a back seat. You know, that's not me being sexist. That's just, it just seems to be what it's like. Did it feel yeah, good getting it, back into it's, it? It's absolutely the way it is for us. I mean, we've ended up. I don't know whether it was. I don't know how it happened, but in quite traditional roles, really. I guess because mm. I was I was active. Rob's a bit older than me, obviously, which I mention <laughs> to him all the time. But um, <laughs> so he was slightly further ahead in his career when we met, and I was acting. I was doing, you know, I was a jobbing actress, but yeah. I wasn't earning that much money. And so when uh, when we had kids, it was clear we didn't even need to discuss it really that it was going to be my it was mm. going to be my career that took the hit really and. You know, there was there was a time where I kind of thought I might do both. I might just try and and keep it going, but I, my heart wasn't in it at all. No. As soon as as soon as I had a baby, I was like, mm, I don't want to be going into schlepping into London to like no. to an advert casting with a baby and leaving a baby in the you know yeah. in the reception asking some some actor can you watch the baby for 20 minutes when I go in and and advertise this milk it was just it was just not um not for me and i had a couple actually the first casting i did go to after um i'd had my first baby oh my gosh i was i had anxiety in a way that i never ever yeah, used right. to get um, nervous in auditions and I had proper like sweats, panicky, you know, how people, how some people feel, I suppose, about the idea of getting on stage. Yeah. You know, rash coming up my neck and just like sweating yeah, right. and just couldn't cope with it at all. And I didn't know whether it was, I didn't know whether it was my hormones or whether it was because my role had shifted and I couldn't psychologically cope with putting myself back in that previous role when, I don't know what it was, but it was it was very strong. It was quite a powerful reaction, um, and so I, uh, yeah, I took a real back step from it all, mm. and then um, and then it kind of around the same. I, I quit my agent. I quit acting 
altogether, really. Yeah. And then at the same time started writing. That was when I started writing. Right. Um, and I wrote I wrote a show about motherhood. I did a comedy. I'd never done comedy before, but I did um, a comedy show with a friend of mine um, about being a new mum, about pregnancy, about being a new mum. Two new mums with they brought their babies in. Um, and we did this show. I mean, it was ridiculous. But, you know, it was it was really, it was what I needed at that point. I needed to be saying my own words rather than saying words that somebody else had written. Yeah, I just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. It just did not interest me. So so that was really good. Um, and then, yeah, then we moved out of London. There was, there was some struggle with identity during all that time. Like, yeah. before I wrote that first show and I'd, kind of giving up acting. I was a bit in a bit of a land of I'd really feel rootless and confused. Mm. I didn't know what I didn't quite know who I was cuz you know, you when you would do a job that people are interested in. So in any conversation they say what do you do and you say you're an actress and they're like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. When when you've not got that anymore and you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm I I don't know. Yeah. And and actually saying I'm a mum doesn't really cut it. And you <laughs> don't really have the confidence to say that. Um because you know nobody wants to listen to what to the fact you've been to a playgroup that morning. <laughs> or that, you know, it's yeah. not nobody cares, but they care <laughs> if you met so and so on a set. That's it. But then so so it was hard. I found it quite hard to just find my little route through it. But it was the writing definitely that um that got, got me you through, through and then yeah, started writing all sorts of other stuff and, and yeah, and eventually really just got my confidence back and, and was like, yeah, no, this is good actually. I feel like I've got a balance and I can be I can be mum and, and be here for the kids all the time and, and didn't feel too, you know, there's still moments where I feel a little bit like, you know, when I'm writing and going, go and make some toast, <laughs> you know. I, I don't care yeah. what you eat. There are moments where I feel slight guilt, mum guilt about that. But they're rare yeah. enough to yeah, not yeah, feel yeah. too, you know. You know. <laughs> it's not like they're eating out of the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mum's exactly. busy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good, though, that you found your own, your own path because that, because a lot of resentment could have built up otherwise. I know that, yeah, you know, after a couple of years, you'd be like, fucking, I'm still doing this. And you're swanning around, you know, out there, staying away at weekends and you're dicking around with you. Because that's the other thing, is it? You'd think there'd be that assumption that, say, Rob would just be off, just pissed all weekend, having a, having the time of his life and you're stuck at home, you know. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. been the fair, my share, fair share of that, like, enjoy your fucking hotel with <laughs> <laughs> a weekend. And yeah, enjoy going and watching a film in the middle of the day. <laughs> like, just ridiculous. When he t- used to tell me what he used to get up to, I was just like, oh, my God, that's not work. That's yeah. not work. <laughs> Babe, I'm, but- I'm, putting the, I'm putting food on the table. I'm going to watch Star Wars at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so but, I get it, I yeah, get it. It's, there were definite struggles in that department, definitely, and I, and I had to, I had to rein in, you know, I had to rein in a lot of those feelings because I did know that this was my choice. I wanted kids, and it was mm. my choice, and so, but it doesn't. Uh, telling yourself those things doesn't always help, does it? Sometimes you do just need a good old row. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, or you need to feel like it's unfair and say, this is not fair. I feel yeah. like I, you know, I've got the raw end of the deal. And then it changes and then it moves on and then you feel slightly differently. Yeah. The next week or the next year and then it, and then the kids are older and you're like, oh, we got through that. Yeah. Well, you see, it's that assumption that the feelings you're feeling at that time are the feelings you feel all the time. Like there's other times when you'd be like, oh, he's got, oh good, he's away. Good. I can get on with some shit. Oh, now I love it. <laughs> now I'm like, the house will be clean. I can like, I've got my little routines going. He can go away and then I can enjoy it when he comes back. But yeah, no, it's a different thing altogether. When the kids are older and he's and he's away, you know, it still has. If he's away a lot, like he was away, um, he was down in London actually before lockdown. Yeah. He was away from January through till March. And that's a big stint, you know. That's it's massive, a big stint yeah. for, yeah, for the kids to deal with and, um, and for me to deal with, but it's a different set of feelings. It's not that same kind of raw when you've got babies and you've, you're kind of, there's a wildness to your emotions mm. when you're like in that kind of protective and yeah, the rage that you can feel if you feel slighted or like things aren't fair during that time. Yeah. Are very different to now. Now, if he, if I'm feeling like, oh God, you know, well, I'm on my own again. Now it's more like, oh, I just feel a bit lonely or, a bit like, oh, well, it'd be nice if he was here, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I had that with my, with my ex-wife. That was half the problem is that I wasn't there. You know, I was always, I was in Australia and New Zealand for two months and, you know, and it, it, that's all right for a bit. But then after a while, you're like, oh, I got married because I wanted to be with this person and they're not here. And so, yeah, it's probably it's a problem. Yeah, I think that's the thing with, with comedians. We and we get to we. I'm not. I'm just speaking from my point of view. Um, we get wrapped up in the business. We're kind of like, I've got to do this gig and I've got to do that gig. And I, and now all the, now it's all been taken away. And now I'm like, you know what? I didn't have to leave that wedding early. I could have I could have gone to the wedding and had a nice time, but I was too busy worrying that if I didn't go to this gig. I'd miss out on something. I'd definitely miss out on the money. But, you know, and I think that's what it was. It was like, shit, if I go to this wedding, that's going to cost me 250 quid and I can't afford that. But now I'm like, I sh yeah, I got a bit wrapped up in it. So that's it's one such positive. A mad, yeah. But it's a, it's a kind of, it's a really difficult thing to have, be in a career that makes you monetize your social life in that way like we do the yeah. exact same thing with with all sorts of events you're like yeah i know but that's 250 quid yeah. and it's like you start thinking about social events and how much they're worth to you financially and it's like that's not that yeah hard, I know. that's a really <laughs> unhelpful way yeah. to start thinking about you know because you yeah it, it's but yeah we do it all the time i think all all Anyone in, in the arts has to, or anyone self-employed, I guess, has yeah. to think about that all the time. And because you're so worried about it being taken away yes. from you, aren't you? That yeah. There's always that in the back of your mind that you've got to keep going or else it might end. It might stop. Yeah, exactly. And well, as it has, you kind of go, oh, shit. Um, but yeah, that you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. It would be like, yeah, there's a wedding, but it's going to be, it's going to be this, it's going to be this, this whole weekend. And it's going to be here, and you know, my missus would be going right. It's, this is my friend, and we have to be there. And you're like, yeah, but that's that's oh god, that's a lot of money. 
And then we got yeah, paper and they're hotels. Your friend. And they're your, you know yeah. them more than me. I don't have to be there. You go. And then yeah. and it's just awful, isn't it? It makes the whole thing. It just takes the sucks the joy out of it. <laughs> and God forbid you ever book a holiday, because then you're gonna get that audition in, aren't you? Or that thing in that just happens. Yeah. I mean that was the the day that I quit acting was um when I was still feeding, I was still breastfeeding. Um, and then the call, clearly the call came in mm. um, to for some kind of advert in Poland. I was going to have to be in Poland for 10 days. Right. And um, so I, would, I wouldn't have been able to fed, feed mm. um, Lenny. Like, and I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm feeding. So no, I'm not going to, of course I'm not going to do that. But my agent was like, yeah, but it's, um, it's, 20, it's 25 grand. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay, is breastfeeding my first child worth 25 grand? Yeah. Like what? And you start this awful, it's like the, it's like somebody evil has got the strings here and has created the worst kind of would you rather. Yes. In the, like it's a real life would you rather. Would you rather breastfeed your child or have 25,000 pounds in your bank? Yeah. It was just too awful. I was like, I was, it was, Emotionally, it was so awful. I'm like crying, going, I don't know, feeding him. All like completely like mum hormone mad, just going, I don't know what to do. Like, so I said, uh, I said no, and then said, actually, I'm quitting. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. I can't have these decisions. It, like, I just can't cope with these kind of decisions anymore. Yeah, it's not It's not right, is it, That to put that pressure on you? Especially when you're a new mum, you know, it's all, it's the you're you're still going through changes aren't you you're still you've created this life and now you have to you've got all these weird feelings where you know not weird feelings but you got like I want I need to protect and nurture this this poor baby and then you start going yeah but what about me what do I want and you've got all these changes to go through that us men just don't have you know what I mean we just go well I made that now all right I'll see you later <laughs> it's like, we don't go through the physical thing that I, I saw about this the other week with some with uh, Kelly Ford about being a mum and you know when a woman has a baby it they you can see the difference in that person it like the, they've they've given some their life force to another human and it and I don't think we talk about that enough you know that a woman does that it, men 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 can do so much but we don't physically have to give that energy to that other to a, to another human being that mums do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, complete. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really it's the most intense um, set of feelings and situation to be in. And you know, I think men men have something that's that takes longer and is more subtle. And the mm. relationship that they form with their kids is it's just it's a more kind of long term yeah thing isn't it whereas because because physically you've gone through so much it's a, it's a much more instantly not necessarily always in it you know it's not always this kind of instant oh my god i would die for this child and mm. i'm i'm now immediately like in in love and in only having positive feelings that's not clearly not always the case but whatever the feelings are they are so strong yes yeah. Really overwhelming how strong they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that, and it and it takes ages to get over it, like to 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 bring your energy levels back up, because you're just knackered. You've just you've just pushed this kid out of you, 
and then your body has to rebuild and it has to reset itself because it's you've been carrying this kid around for nine months and now it has to sort itself out and it must be exhausting it not just having because then you've got to look after the child as well as well as your body going through the changes like getting itself back to how it was before you had the kid and i don't i don't i couldn't even begin to think what that must feel like to go through that shit yeah yeah to to deal with the fact that you are now a different human being yeah. and you also have another human being that it, it's it's a real yeah it's 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 incredibly um difficult it's, yeah it's just difficult i think i mean it's it was so much easier the second time with my daughter oh god it was just a piece of piss compared to <laughs> the first time because i wasn't dealing with that huge shift that no. that you know just that shift of identity um it, you you just can't you can't plan for it so you, you, there's nothing you can do to actually protect yourself from the, the, just the huge waves of shock and, yeah. and kind of just the, the like the feeling that you just don't you don't know what you do you don't know what's happening yeah. anymore and so to ride that out until you kind of vaguely go well time's passed and I'm still here and we're kind of getting, we're doing it. So I must, you know, yeah. and then you, it's like you're rebuilding yourself in it, but you, without any sense of perspective yeah. and without any sleep. <laughs> That's what, I know it comes up all the time. People are talking about the, the sleep, but you, I, yeah, I, I, I was doing, I was working two jobs when I had my first one and then I was coming back and then because the the Lisa, the mother of my kids, was knackered because she's had had him all day. She's like, "You got to do, you've got to have him." And I'm like, "But I've got two jobs." And then we're arguing at three a.m. that it, whose turn it is to feed him because she didn't breastfeed either. It was all bottles. And then you go to the fridge, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, I forgot to make the bottles up." <laughs> and then you're sitting at three a.m. counting the formula. He goes, was that one? Was that two? What did I put? Oh fuck! I've never <laughs> known. I've never known tiredness like it. Counting that, counting that formula. It's mad, isn't it? How you can't count to six. It's so mental. All of a sudden, you lose the ability. Like, I could have put 13 scoops in this. It could just be like clay. I don't know what I'm feeding the baby. Exactly. And you're like, oh, God. And it just, you're just like, I'm never going to, I'm never not going to be tired ever again. Yeah. It's mad, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And then, but yeah. then what's nice is they start to grow. And then I, I underestimated my son's. I just, I'm just like, oh, they're my sons. I've still got to look out for them and, and, and look and do. And I was talking to my youngest, who's 23, and he was talking to Jade. And he just said, well, you know, thing is with dad, he just, he, sometimes you need someone to look after him a little bit. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> and it was That's a nice. so nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a nice moment. I'm like, oh, 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 you are, you are quite astute. You're not a, you're not a, you're not a kid anymore. You're a grown up. That's a nice feeling when they start oh, to kind a of a grown up yeah. that can actually look after you and notice notice <laughs> yeah, you and notice yeah, yeah, what yeah. you need. It's just gorgeous. It's lovely and it's nice to see that. That's so when you go through all that, all the stuff that the mum goes through and the tiredness and the dad, you know, dealing with it as well. And then you and then but then you get to the point and then they've gone off into the world now and they're decent dudes and and people tell me that they're good lads. And you're like, oh, that's nice. Uh, it, it was worth it, you know? I don't know how you'd feel if you'd 
brought up a child and he was a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went through yeah. all that and he's a fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that happens or do you think wankers are only born by wankers? Probably. They're probably, yeah, wankers beget wankers. I don't know. Surely, yeah. surely. We've got to cling on to that, haven't we? I mean, oh, my God. When I was um, when I was pregnant with uh, with my daughter, I think it was, and I was overdue massively, um, really, oh, I was I was horrible. Yeah, like, right. Stomping around horrible. And I decided to go to the cinema um, on my own in the day, um, just in, a, I don't know. I was just it was like I'm taking myself off to a dark room, basically. And um, when and I had no idea what I was going to watch, and I had not heard of this uh, film at the time, um, so I didn't know what it. I didn't even. I didn't have any clue. So I went in and sit down and watch. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh wow! <laughs> when I've got like I'm not. I'm I'm two weeks overdue with this human inside me that's moving around and kicking as I'm watching this thing that is all about how a, a decent human being can can give birth to a monster. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and people are looking at me in the cinema, like looking at my bump, just thinking, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. This is not... It's not for you. <laughs> this is not for you. It's the worst <laughs> film choice ever. You just stood there going, it could be a murderer. You go, all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that must. There must be. That must. Have, maybe that's. I don't know. Maybe that's what. When I was a teenager, I was quite problematic. Uh, maybe that's what we, my mum and dad were just pissed off. They're like we put that fucking effort in, and now look at him smashing the place up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's it, isn't it? When you, because it must be terrible. Like I was, I had a. Yeah, I was a bit naughty, and you know, I, I had a bit of a phase of where I was just a bit rough and yeah. just not you know not making good choices and not not doing not being a nice person really and you just, I just I always think god did my mum not notice or did she like because she wasn't that maybe she just didn't care or didn't but I just think now if my kids were behaving like that I the same I'd be terrified terrified that they weren't going to come back that they weren't going to mm. get back to the person that I know that they are or yeah. could be and you just but to have the confidence in yourself and what you've done or the confidence in them that they're going to be okay yeah and that they're, they're going to get out of this phase or that it even is a phase I think it just it's, it's quite I'm quite nervous actually about you know because Lenny's nearly 13 oh, um yeah and and my daughter's younger but she I mean she's I'm terrified already I've, yeah. I've got images of her, you know, dancing on the table, and and ju I just, you know, it's going to be an absolutely terrifying experience parenting her as a teenager. But yeah, just I think having the confidence to ride it out and go, no, they're going to be, they're going to be okay. They're going to be, yeah. they're going to come back to the core person that they were yeah. when they were little. Yeah, I, but I they're went allowed through, to yeah. change. Yeah, I went through that. It seems to be more, especially with my youngest one. I there was times I'm like I, you just he, he just used to look at me with such disdain and just he, it was a real that because when he was little when he was a child and he was all like oh, he was, he, I was his hero and he was like oh, dad I just want to be I don't want to go home I want to be here with you and I want to do this and do that and then he just became this absolute tosser <laughs> and then I'm like I know it, it's just a phase but I'm I'm really struggling with it what if he this is him 
and now he's the he's we chat every day, we send each other music and he's now discovering the 80s and he's sending me all this 80s music and it's really nice. We have a, we've, with both my sons, we've got this really nice relationship now. So yeah, like you're, you're right. It's, it's knowing that they're going to be all right. It's just, they're just a bit pricky now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not taking it personally. It's hard, isn't yeah. it? Not taking, not thinking that it is an attack on you and, and that you need to respond still as a parent rather than rather than an individual who feels yeah. you know wronged in some way I did that I yeah I did that I I'm not I'm ashamed to say I did I just stood there and I go oh, I don't know what to do with you and I had him I had him by his, by his shirt and I don't know why are you doing this and yeah you forget you go, hang on a minute don't be a don't be a don't do that he's a, he's not that he's there's just there's something else going on you've got to back off a little bit and be a dad yeah you know, and I think that, but that, you know, that comes from, you know, our parents or my, you know, parents of my generation that had us, and they, they, they did take it personally a lot of the time. You know, that it was. I remember my dad. We had a, there's a phone lock on the phone with a dial phone, and uh, and I worked out that you could get it off with scissors, and so when he went out to work, I'd get it off and I'd use the phone, and then one day he came in and I'd forgotten to put the lock back on. But I left the scissors in the lock next to the phone and he came in and it was like he just saw that as a big fuck you in your telephone lock. <laughs> I've went, never heard of a telephone yeah, lock. Yeah, it was this little padlock that you could put on the phone and stop it <laughs> stop it dialing. And uh and I'd taken it off with scissors and forgot and he went fucking mental. <laughs> He genuinely took it like I'd gone, yeah, shove it, mate. I, I've done, and yeah, so I understand. I get it. Yeah, I get it. You've got to be more of a parent than a person. <laughs> yeah, cut to when my two are in their teens and I'm just like screaming at telling them that they're, you know, it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's all yeah. well and good saying, you know, you've got, you've got to like maintain some, but when somebody's looking at you, like the other day I, I, um, I fell over in front of my daughter mm. and um, uh, it was raining. It was, I mean, it, you know, it was raining and it was dark. Yeah. And basically I was picking her up from a mate's house and in front of her mate and her mate's mum, I fell over into a puddle oh, and mate. hurt my knee. Like it was, you know, I felt old. I felt like I'm, my hip might go. Yeah. And, I, 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 you know, and I was just like getting up like, oh, no, it's fine. It's, I'm fine. And then got in the car and my eight-year-old daughter looked at me and said, oh, mum, that was so embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh brutal. So brutal. <laughs> and she's normally so nice. I thought she was going to say, are you okay? Like, are you okay? Because, you know, she sits, She'll. she's like a nurse. She loves looking after you normally, yeah. normally. But all of a sudden, when it was in front of that particular mate, that all went out the window and she was just humiliated by me. Yeah, this is it now. She's on the turn. She's on the turn. It's going to start. <laughs> oh, You're going to have to write another book. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, mate. Um so uh, so when is the book out? I've seen, is it February it comes out? So, yeah, you can pre-order it now. Um, it's called The Boy Who Made Everyone Laugh and it's um, it's available from everywhere uh, to pre-order. But, yeah, if it would come on the 
third or the fourth. Oh my gosh, I should really know this by now. <laughs> it's all right. Um, this is good practice. Yeah, I think it's the fourth of February. Um, it comes out. So, so yeah, fingers crossed. Bookshops will be open. Brilliant. I'm sure. It, well, it, and it's going to be available everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Lovely. And you can do. Are you going to do an audio book? Don't know. Yeah, there will be an audio book. Yeah. I don't know who. I, I don't know who's going to um, do it, but there will be an audio book. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That's thing's brilliant, and it's really nice that it, like you say, it shines a light on something that doesn't necessarily get spoken about. You know, like I said to you at the beginning, explaining the different when he categorises the different people. I think that's that that really struck me as being really helpful. Yeah, I hope. What I hope is that. It's about something very specific, obviously, but I hope there's a universality about it because because everybody struggles to feel like, you know, they have a voice and everyone struggles to feel like they're happy with themselves and they won't want to change a bit of themselves. So I'm kind of hoping that, yeah, the stammer is the, is the specific thing that he's going through mm. and that, yeah, it'll be helpful for, um, for stammerers to feel like they are actually... You know, there's there's something out there that is about them. Yeah. Because that's what it was about, really. Like, Lenny had never, ever met anybody with a stammer, let alone read anything. So I was kind of writing it for him at first. That was the, yeah. the point of it. But, yeah, but also any kid out there with any that feels different in any way should be able to relate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I, that's what I like. I don't know of many stories that have had the main, the hero in it having a stammer or... I think it's starting to happen now. There's more people like you know, wheelchair users, and and we are we're starting to do that. But we didn't have that growing up. Everybody was, everybody was, you know, they had two arms, two legs, and they were white, you know. And it was all that's what that's what it was. So it's nice to see that it's all changing now. Um, I it's funny. I was doing a gig, and there was a guy in a wheelchair, um, and he he communicated by by showing bits on he had a book in front of him and he would just show you the words that he was trying to say to you and I just it made me realise I'm like oh yeah people even though they're in a wheelchair and he can't communicate in the traditional sense his brain is still there he still he still knows what he wants to say it's not and it really made me realise that yeah you know by talking about these things it teaches us how we can still communicate and not make each other feel you know, make each other more comfortable. And I really, that's what I really got from your book as well. It's nice. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks for reading it, especially because you're not, a, you know, you're not a reader. Like, <laughs> that is... <laughs> I, it, I, I do, I love to read, but if it doesn't grab me straight away, it takes me ages. It takes me, I'm like, <laughs> I will get through this. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's been set as yeah. homework. Well, it's like, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's uh, people go, oh, you must read War and Peace or you must read this and that. <laughs> You go, all right. And then you start, you go, oh, fuck, I've just got to get to the end. Just get through it. And then I forget what I've read. And then people go, what was it like? And they ever go, yeah, it was good. And now it's shit. <laughs> but what happens? I fucking don't know. But your book was excellent and it stayed with me. And I'm really glad. Um, thank you for sending it to me. Um, and as uh, Father Ted said, good luck with the book. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, bless great. you. Thank and you so much. It's been lovely having you on, Helen. Um, are we, can, we, can we find you on social media and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Helen Rutter UK on Twitter. That's um, the main one. Yeah, I'm, I had to join. I never was on social media before. I haven't even got a smartphone, but they told me that that was not <laughs> not the best way to sell books. So now I'm on it. Now I'm on it all. You just start <laughs> selling them at the end of your drive on a table. 
yeah, exactly. <laughs> and finally, I just want to ask you, I saw Rob's, Rob, Rob posted the other day uh, about you keep jumping out on him. <laughs> oh, God, I know, I love it so much. It's so awful. It's so mean, but it makes me so happy. Yeah. Like, it, I don't, what is it about making somebody jump? There's just something classic. It's the same as... You know, farts will always be funny. Always. Falling over, falling over is always kind of funny as long as somebody's not hurt themselves. <laughs> and jumping out, it's particularly Rob, because I don't know, I, I can wait behind a door for a good 20 minutes <laughs> because the build-up and the joy within me knowing that knowing that it's going to be a good one because he'll never expect it. It's awful. But he gets very cross with me, very cross with me. He's, he's telling me I'm good, he's going to have a heart attack and it's yeah, all going gonna... to be my fault. <laughs> You're gonna kill him. I did it. I did it to Jade once when we were first dating, and uh, I went in. I went into the I, the front door. I had a key. I, was, I got into her house, and I'm like, "Hello, hello." And, I'm, and then I heard the bath, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, she's in the bath." So oh I God, this sounds like a brutal one already. So this is it. So I crept up the stairs, and I just went. I went wah, and Jade went <laughs> and started sobbing. She started sobbing in the bath. <laughs> To the point, I went, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And she's like, ah, ah, oh God. Because oh no. it turns out, I didn't know this, uh, one of Jade's biggest fears is getting murdered in the buff. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh no, I need to stop doing it, don't I? That's awful. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> awful story. She never, I ne it took her ages for her to forgive me for that. It really shook her up. It was a. Oh my yeah. God! That's no, like no. I'm not. I mean that. Have is, fun. No, I literally just when he's gone to the toilet, like on his way out, I'll say boo. That's it. <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> it's not that kind of horror film level. No. <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson that day. Um, <laughs> anyway, Helen, thank you so much, mate. I've really enjoyed this. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. It's lovely to talk to you. 